unwavering, intentionally serving the Lord, intentionally being used by the Spirit of God to further the kingdom of God. How about you? I'm still in the Lord, but I'm moving in expectation. It's exhilarating to be wound up in the Spirit, full of peace and full of rest, certainty beyond measure. Thank you, Lord. God's making us experts in areas. Wow. There's people in this church that have doctor degrees in certain areas. We have people that want experts with children, experts in nursery, experts in prayer, experts in teaching, experts in evangelism, just experts in preaching. Not everybody's geared the same. Not everybody has the same measure or place of distribution in the kingdom of God, but you got something, and what you got is good. What you got is excellent. What God has you moving in, what you're having your life in and your being in, in the kingdom of God is good. It's good. It's not noticeable about to everyone, but God sees it because God put it in you. Sometimes what you think you need is not what you need. Sometimes what you think you want is not what you want. Just let God decide that. You know, I was coming from Mexico years ago. And uh, I don't remember who was with me. I do remember a few people. As a child and as a young man, my parents, they traveled all over the United States. And so we pretty much have been in most of the states in the United States. And uh, I don't know, my mama would always collect rocks. That just She'd always just pick up a rock and bring it home. And uh, I was never much on that because who wants a little rock? I wanted a boulder. <laughs> and so we were coming back from Acapulco one time, and I didn't, I wanted a rock. And I, I when I brought something home, you'd come around my house, I, I wanted something with significance. And so I kept telling everybody in the car, man, I need a, I need a rock, I need a boulder. So I remember we were coming on top of this mountain and we made this turn, and there was like a landslide. So I knew I could find something significant right in that area. And so, man, I like slammed on the brakes, and I pulled over. Everybody is like freaking out. They're full of fear because they didn't know what was going on. And I said, I needed a rock. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> So, of course, if you've been on trips with me, you work for me. <laughs> so I had like three or four guys come pick up this huge rock and put it in the car. And they, I mean, it's something I wanted. 
Nobody else cared, but they were willing to help me get what I wanted. So we actually set it in the back of the trailer, enclosed trailer. So when we got to the border, who heard this story? <laughs> anyway, when we got to the border, you know, the border security, they want to check everything. So they told me, open the trailer door. So I unlocked the trailer door. And I opened the trailer door, and sitting right on the back of the trailer was this huge rock. And the agent, the security guy, he just, he just stared at the rock, and he actually said, he said, what is that? I said, it's a rock. He said, what are you going to do with that? I said, I'm taking it home. I don't think he ever had anybody taking a rock from Mexico. <laughs> so he said, I need to go talk to my boss. If, is this legal to take a part of Mexico's earth and bring it into the United States? And I knew it could be a problem because, you know, it had dirt on it and it could be whatever. And so he came back. He said, you good. So we shut it. I brought the rock home. And, you know, when y'all have time, just walk out the front of church and just look in the flower bed right to the right, and that's my rock. This rock was huge. It's not huge anymore. It, it, it just, like, melted away. And if you look, you'll just see some red, dirty-looking stuff. And it was a huge rock at one time. And now it's just like melted away. What a waste. <laughs> I guess it was all done just to tell this story. But the rock is gone. You, you go out there and look. It's just a little red, <laughs> dirty place in the soil right now. The, it just weathered away. It wasn't a really rock. It wasn't a real rock. It's something I think I, I needed and wanted, but it is totally gone. So don't waste your time on things that are insignificant. You know, that's just going to pass and just, you know, something earthly. You, you know, here, somehow I said that. And I tell you, there's things in my life that I just wasted my time and my money and my energy and my emotions you know, gave my life to things. I remember working on a dumb boat. <laughs> I mean, I, it's good to have a boat. I love to fish. But I remember working on this boat all the time, in the cold, in the rain, just to go fishing. And it meant so much to me now. Now the boat is probably in the salvage yard. The motor is in the salvage yard. And, I mean, boats are good, fishing is good, but don't give all your time away to stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Give your time, give yourself to the Lord. Put, put your time in his word and give his spirit time. Sure, see my not. So I'm, I'm pressing in for the next eight days for you, for this church. Good things are coming. Good, and you're going to like this message tonight. It's going to make sense. And the Lord gave me this. I have been impressed with the Spirit of God the last two months, the messages that he's been giving me. I've been really impressed with what he's given me. And uh, Miss Shelley, prayer team, everybody else, y'all pray my messages. 
because the Lord's given me the messages. And usually my prayer time is my outline. You know, because if the Lord gives me a message, it's his vision and his heart. And it's a message to reveal his son better. That's what the father wants. That he wants us to reveal his son better, more light. And so really, for us to connect the dots, just pray my messages or take a piece of it and add it to what the Lord has already given you to pray about. What's happening, Lord? <laughs> Shana, listen, uh, we're going to do the foundation class. This is something we put together, Pastor uh, Clayton is going to be preaching it. And I already told him there's a lot of information in here. But uh, I asked him to measure the group in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be from 9 o'clock to 9.45. Just kind of see where people are. Just kind of locate them spiritually. And, uh, you know, give them what they need for where they are. And so I told him don't try to do the whole book. Just be led by the Spirit. So that's really going to be good. And uh, everybody needs a foundation. There's a couple of reasons you could get in the foundations class. First of all, to get a foundation, maybe to get a refresher, but also to teach foundations. Because if, if, you know, if you're being discipled, you're being discipled to disciple people. If you're not being discipled, in other words, you're not giving yourself to someone and asking questions, sometimes even stupid questions, and and really wanting to grow in the Lord, and, and, and you don't have to figure out things yourself. Discipleship enables us to glean from other people and their experience and their knowledge of the Word, so we don't have to learn it on our own. When I played music, I was so intimidated by good musicians, I wouldn't ask them for anything because I was just so intimidated. So I had to learn on my own, and. I was always handicapped as a musician rather than just walk up to people. And even Brandon Thompson told me, he said, what you know on the guitar now, he said, I could teach you in a short period of time how to be really, really good. And so I'm open to teaching now, but I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm finished with the guitar for now. But, you know, in other areas, I'm open uh, to teaching. And so be open uh, to teaching. Just lean forward into this message tonight. This, this is so, so good. Put, put James 1, 21 up there. This is, this is how I got this message. And just some real good revelation that's very, uh, uh, you can apply. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. Open yourself up, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, now you understand that not talking about saving us from hell. That you, we're saved from hell, but there's areas of our soul that is lacking. And so we're not fully uh, renewed in our mind and our will and our emotions. Next verse. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And so to hear the word is one thing. And the Lord showed me that much of Christianity today, they ha they're, they're 
better able to hear than to do. There's more hearing than doing going on. And it wasn't like that when I got saved. I mean, Lord, we, we held on. The revelation wasn't coming like it's coming today. And so when we got a word, we just like held on to it. It's mine. We wouldn't even share it too fast. I mean, we just chew on that word. And so the Lord showed me even today there's more hearing than doing. And uh, when we got more hearing than doing, we're deceiving ourselves. We're hurting ourselves because the Lord is speaking that we can do it. The Lord is speaking that we can apply the word. And if we don't, we're deceiving ourselves. We're not getting the fullness of that word. We're only hearing it. And go on, the next verse I think is well. Well, it goes on. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's likened to a man looking in a mirror at his natural face. You know, it's like when you look in the mirror, ladies really understand this. You see all the imperfections, so you make it up. You know, if hair's out of place, you put it in place. If the makeup needs to cover something, you cover it. And so the, the word of God is a mirror, and it actually, it's like a two-sided mirror. It shows our imperfections, but it also shows how we need to be. And so it's talking to us, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the greatest of them all, is Jesus. And he's trying to show us and make, and make us like him. Next verse. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. So the word shows us our imperfections. And so don't leave thinking you got it all right. Ask the Lord to help you with those imperfections. But also you're seeing yourself in Christ the way you need to be. So don't let the world talk down on you. Don't let a mistake talk down on you. You, you understand? Because you're being perfected. Next, next verse. But he who looks in the perfect law, that is the word. The word is perfect. And the word gives us liberty and continues in it. That's the key to continue in it. Is not forget, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in what he does. Another translation says, you'll be blessed in the doing of the word. And when I read that, you understand, we're not blessed when we're done with the word. We're not blessed when God, when, when the word is come to pass. The Bible says we're blessed in the doing of the word. Y'all got that? So it's not just about hearing, and it's not just about getting the word and the promise to come to pass. There's something that happens in the doing and the applying of the word, and it's a tremendous help to us. This is, y'all got this? So it's, it has a lot to do with the journey. We know that. But we all want the promise to come to pass. We all want the word to be done in our life. And that's good, but you learn in the doing. You learn in the applying. And I'm going to talk about this. So, I'm going to read two parables. This is so good. And the first parable is in Matthew 7, 
verse 24, and then we're going to read it again in Luke, and we're going to find a couple of different things, because how many of y'all know when Matthew records and Luke records, they're just different people. It's almost like the cameras at the football game. I, they got cameras everywhere now. They got a cable across the field where that camera rolls on that cable, and then they got cameras everywhere, so everybody, there's different angles. I mean, you see what's going on. And so it's the same thing in the different Gospels. When you see something two or three times or four times in the Gospels and you read them all, there's a little difference in the Gospels, but there's not, they're, they're not being contrary to one another. It's just another angle. And so in uh, Matthew 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. So it's basically here to, here's again, Jesus is talking about hearing the word of God. Jesus is talking about hearing my sayings, or let's say his teachings, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now forget about what you've already heard. That's what you got to do when you come to church. You got some stuff in the word, but don't be thinking about what you know. Kind of put that aside and let the Lord speak to you and build on what you know. And when he builds on what you know, you know more. It goes to a deeper level. That's why I tell people that Bible you got all marked up and every revelation you ever got, just put it on the shelf, get a new one. Because you don't want to be stuck or limited to what you've already learned. I read a Bible. I read my, my you can't make many notes on the telephone or uh, iPad, so it's always fresh. And the rain descended, the sky built on the rock, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. And we all heard that. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, or does not, you know, practice the teachings, will be a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Hadn't we all heard that? And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So we all get it. It's the condition of the foundation. It has something to do with the soil. But read in, with me in Luke 6, 46, and this is very interesting. Uh, this is Jesus speaking again. It's pretty much the same parable. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? And so this is Jesus speaking. And so he's very aware that we hear a lot, but we're not doing a lot. That's what he's saying. You hear a lot, but you're not doing everything you hear. You're hearing more than you're doing. Can y'all see that? Whoever comes to me, and here's my sayings, and, and the, wait, before I go there, he's saying, we say, Lord, Lord. Lord, you're everything. Lord, you're my master. I want to follow you. Well, he's talking. He's teaching, and he's saying, you're not practicing it. He nails us. He knows where we are. He knows who's hearing and who's practicing. And we like to say things. And he's also saying, you're saying a lot of things, but you're not practicing what you're saying. 
You're preaching a lot of things, but you're not practicing what you're preaching. I mean, he just, don't you like the way the word corrects us and locates us? And so, you know, this message is not pointing at anybody. The word is pricking our hearts. And so he said, okay, because you like that, let me liken this to something. And, you know, Jesus talks a lot in, in uh, agricultural terms. And I was a farmer, so I really get it. You know, you, the, the so-and-so seed, you know, he talks about if a corn, a kernel of corn falls to the ground, and if it dies, you know, it'll be fruitful. If it remains, you, you know, and so he talks about there'll be seed time, sowing time. But in this story, it's kind of an architectural type talk. In other words, he's talking about building something in a house. That's what we just read, building a house. But he's really not talking about a house house. He's talking about our lives. He's talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit that's going to house him. Whoever comes to me, anybody here come to the Lord? You're born again? You're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost? Okay. I will show you whom you are like, or he is like. He is like a man building a house. Now, this is not in the other parable. He is like a man. No. Whoever comes to me hears these sayings. I will show him who he is like. He is like a man building a house. Now, listen what it says. Who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. It doesn't say the man dug in the other scripture. But here it says he dug deep. Title of my message is, I'm just, I just, I can't help because I do this. <laughs> Digging deeper develops discipline. I, I just, it just always comes to me. The digger you deep, the more you develop the discipline. The digger, the deeper you dig. I even might mess myself. Digging deeper develops discipline. So we see this guy, he didn't just build on the rock. He dug down to the rock. So that's something we do. Where's my shovel? Where's my shovel? Bring my shovel up here. How am I use a shovel back there? And you, this is my mama's shovel. And my mama, you know, she's, how old is she? So it looks like a lady's shovel. But I've learned this is the best shovel to dig with. My daddy showed me how to sharpen a shovel. And I'm telling you, when you got a sharp shovel, you be careful. You will cut yourself bad. And when you have a sharp shovel and you drop it on the grass, it goes, and it goes three or four inches deep, just dropping it. So to dig, you need a sharp shovel. shovel. <laughs> and also, I found out I can get a lot more done with a small shovel than a big shovel. Because, man, you get down there and that's big, you can't get it up. So this thing just goes shoop, pow, shoop, pow, shoop, pow, shoop, so I can dig down. And notice, 
A good shovel is a dirty shovel. You understand? You show me somebody with a, a clean shovel, it's not being used. And so this guy is digging. And, and just listen to me a little bit. What the Lord really is, is so, so interesting. Okay, here we go. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And then the same results come. And when the flood arose, the, the stream beat vehemently against that house. I'm in another translation. I think. Or maybe it's the same translation. I could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. So we're talking about earth. We're talking about dirt. We're talking about soil. We, you understand? And you can't build on that. You got to get down to the rock. And of course, the house fell because it wasn't built on the rock. So the Lord showed me. And this is where we lose a lot of Christians. We love to hear. I mean, I was, I was in this place. I ran around hearing for years. Just I couldn't wait to hear the word. Let's go there, man. The word's going to be good, man. That man, God, that God preaches the word. We love the word. He got some revelation on the word. And so we're more word-oriented than doing the word. And this has got to change. Because if it doesn't, you're not going to grow. And if you don't, you'll never be on the rock. Because the foundation is developed in the digging. Digging is the development of discipline and discipline is the foundation. When you discipline to the teachings, practicing the teaching, that's the foundation. But you got to dig deep to develop discipline. And so, I don't want to get ahead of myself. First of all, design is very important. If you're going to build something, design is very important. You have to have a vision. You have to know what to do. But then you have to go dig a foundation. When we built this building over here, we spent weeks, I spent weeks with a shovel like that digging out the foundation because the foundation is everything. But the church at large is not interested in digging. It takes work. It takes effort. You will be better off digging your foundation getting your foundation right. But you know what? The foundation digging is not impressive. It's not pretty. Nobody really claps when you're doing the foundation. There's no applause. It's dirty work. I mean, you, you, there's some grunt. There's some effort. You know, everybody wants to see what's exposed. But before something can be exposed, you got to dig down. And Christians need to learn how to dig down before they build up. 
there's too much building up without a good foundation. I've been struggling a lot here lately because there's too many people with microphones and there's too many people saying things that have not developed a good foundation. And it's not good. They, they want to build up, but they hadn't built a foundation. You, there's no fast track. There's no bypasses. You have to have a foundation. You got this. So if you're going to be discipled, you need to be discipled because that's going to be your foundation. And if you're going to disciple somebody, they can't be in the hurry-up offense. It's going to take time. It takes time. And we live in a world that's just, you know, give it to me now. Entitlement. I mean, I want to, I can do it. I got it. I heard it. No, 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 no. You hadn't, you, you got to dig. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta get your foundation. I'm not saying anybody here doesn't have a foundation, but what I'm saying is you have to practice what you're being taught and discipline in it, or that shows you don't have a foundation. Man, I knew that, but I didn't do it. Well, that's okay to make a mistake, but 10 times over and over, stumbling in an area, are y'all going to be with me? Y'all going to keep loving me? Jesus was concerned about people that had a lot of teaching but were not practicing what they were teaching. Faith has work. Faith works. Faith has works. Faith has works. There's something. When we get saved, it's by grace. It's not by works. But you understand, once we get saved, there's some work. That needs to be done. And of course, there's the grace of God. Of course, the word, we could not work the word unless we heard it. So I got that. You got to hear it. But then you have to apply it. For instance, you know, we know that we have the word and we have hands that we can lay on people to be healed. But to know that you can heal people and never go lay hands on people, you're not working the word. Or you know you're supposed to love your neighbor, but you're not practicing on anybody. You're supposed to love your neighbor or the ones close to you. But they're ornery, and they're hard, and they're difficult. So you don't practice it. You're not going to learn anything because the learning is in the practice. The learning is when it's not coming like you think it should come. When you start applying the word and it doesn't work, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn where's your patience. You're going to learn what's inside of you. You're going to learn I ain't got it yet. You're going to learn about you. You're going to learn about God, and you're going to learn about people. And so the learning and the teaching really comes in the doing. Y'all got that? It comes in the struggle. You, you want to do it, but you can't. You're learning something. I tried it. It's not working. I'm telling you, you're learning something. You, you, you learn wisdom in the challenge, and it's difficult, and you're practicing the word, and it's not happening. You are learning something. It, it, is, it is so. And listen, you're practicing the word, and you stumble. You get back up. You're mad at yourself. You try it again, and it don't work. 
And then you make another mistake. You get back up. You try it again. I'm telling you, you're learning something. That, that's how you learn. It's not like you hear it and you just go do it and it works. It's not like that. It's never like that. And you know what? I said something, and I, I had to retract on this. I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to hold back on that. <laughs> when what you believe gets in your behavior, you're going to learn something. When what you believe gets in your behavior, and you get in the, see, it's a process. We just want to do it and have it done, and everybody just say, look at him, look at her. But no, you start practicing it, and it's just a process. And the process builds the foundation. Because in the process, you get the discipline. And when you get the discipline, you just practice in the teachings. And you just, whether you mess it up or not, you practice the teaching again. And then all of a sudden, you got the foundation for that area. And you never, it's like riding a bike, you got it. But people start practicing the word and people don't respond right. People don't clap for them. They don't get the result of the expectation that they thought they were going to get. They thought it was going to be instant. You know, everything today is instant. And God's not going to allow it. It's going to be the process that causes us to be disciplined, and the discipline is going to be the foundation. It's on Christ. It works. Isn't that good? And so the discipline is that foundation. But the practicing and not getting it right and not getting the right response, that's the digging. You got to keep digging. I fail, I tried, it didn't work. Keep digging. Dig deep. You got to get down to the foundation. I never saw that before. That guy had to get the stuff out the way to get to the foundation. And I'm telling you, I'm the shovel of God in your life. I'm telling you right now. We're going to keep digging things. You see, for you to get to the rock, and you know what he was digging? I never saw this. He was moving sand. They both dealt with sand. To one person, the sand didn't matter. I'm going to just build on it. To the other person, he realized the sand got to go. It ain't going to stand on sand. And he had enough understanding that he was willing to put the energy and the effort in to get it out the way. Just get it out the way. People want to bypass moving. Listen, when you start digging, things are moving. And when God starts digging in your life, he's got to dig past a lot of things. He's got to dig past fear, insecurity, no identity, past hurts, who did this to you and who didn't do this for you. He's got to dig past all of that until that word works for you. So you got to get down to the rock. Isn't that good? So I always thought it was the soil conditions. It's not. It's the prep work. See, God's preparing us. It, it, 
Jesus is the foundation. Y'all got that. But we got to practice these teachings so we see that they work. And you keep digging and keep practicing until you got it. As you begin to do the word, you begin to learn things. If you don't get frustrated, irritated, and intimidated, and feel like you know good, you start, you begin the doing to learn. When you start a new job, you begin the doing to learn the job. What are we not getting here? <laughs> you begin the doing to get it done. And it's practice. It's time. Sweat equity. And, and in this world today, it, people just want to bypass. I mean, y'all heard this whole bit on TV about the Hollywood people that paid a half a million dollars to buy their kids into these renowned universities because their kids were not smart enough. So they're going to pay a half a million dollars to trick somebody and to blind, to help, you know, to deceive somebody to get their kids in and they're not ready for what they're getting in. That, that's, what the, that's what a lot of the church is doing now. They, they want the building. They, you know, people want... The clap, they want, listen, when you see somebody that's anointed, all you're seeing is the building. You did not see the foundational work in their life. You didn't see what they went through. You didn't see the sweat, the serving, the humility, the meekness, the being in the backdrop, not being seen, not being recognized. You didn't see the foundation being built. You just see the building. Everybody loves the building, the stone the pretty roof and even go to interior and the windows and the doors and and all the interior I mean it's just so gorgeous but you know what's not seen is the foundation whoever goes up to building and say my god that building is look at that fine foundation <laughs> you ever heard anybody say that my god look at the foundation on that building well, you can't see it. You can't even experience it once the building's built. Everybody wants the building built. I'm still working on foundational things. God's growing me. There's still areas I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not stable about. I'm, I'm learning new things, and I'm practicing the Word, and the Lord's showing me new things, and He's just working with me. Isn't this good? Go deeper. Go deeper. The power's in the process. And the power's in the promise. No, the power's in the process. There's power in the process to bring the promise to you by faith. Jesus is more interested in you being in the process and learning some things than you actually holding the promise. We're going we're gonna to get down to some personal stuff here shortly. Can y'all stay with me? 
See, the digging is you're doing it. I mean, for instance, you come into Christ. And, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. Well, all your friends leave you. You're doing it, but all your friends leave. Susan gets saved. She's doing it. I'm mad. But she's still digging. You understand? You, you get in the body of Christ. Now you have to be corrected. Well, you're either going to get mad and run, or you're just going to, you know, humble yourself and say, you know what? I missed it in that area. And so you keep digging. You got it? Say, never start digging. Everything that's sandy and earthly needs to be removed. Everything sandy and earthly and dirty needs to be moved until we can stand on the rock. Now, rock, Jesus is the rock. Our salvation is based on the rock. But he's talking about his teachings, his concepts, and his principles that we have got to do. And to do, you have to get in the, you have to begin and get in the process, and that's where you learn everything. People want to get married. I want, I want to do marriage. Well, they get married, and then it's not what they thought it was. Why? Because you can't do marriage. You've never been married before. And so you got to get in the process of being married. you got to work with each other. A lot of things in a marriage got to be dug out the way. Selfishness, me, 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 what I want. You know, it's 50-50. No, it's not. It's 150 on your end. Do your part. You, know, you got to dig. You got to remove some things. And you know, in this digging process, y'all with me, y'all understand the digging. You got to work through things. People will say the devil's on the loose and he's coming against me. No, he's not. You just have to dig. You see, to say, to say the devil's in it, and the devil's not in everything. You understand, he, the whole world is messed up. He is an enemy. But we always throwing our own responsibility off on somebody else or the devil. And so we will actually say when it gets hard, the devil's coming against me. No, it's not. You're digging. <laughs> That's what you just have to dig. I mean, can you see somebody building a foundation for a natural building and it just gets hard and they say, yeah, the devil's, the devil's making me do that. No, it's not. You have to build a foundation or the thing comes crashing down. And that's what happens without a real foundation. That's what happens not practicing, well, not going through the process to practice the, the, you know, the doing, is that you build something on sand, and then down the road, it all crumbles. And you say, like, well, why did God allow that? God didn't allow it. You didn't dig a foundation. You didn't put the energy and the effort and the responsibility that's on our end to get it right. The reason I'm teaching... You know what this message is about? Your relationship to suffering. It's just work. I mean, who, who, ever, who works in the world and you just get tired, man? I mean, you just, it's hard. 
Well, it's the same thing when you're practicing the word. You're in a process. It's actually you putting your hands to something, and it's going to be hard. And it's, 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 it, it, you know, it, it's taxing. It makes you weary. But you've got to keep digging. I'm telling you, I have dug so much with a shovel. I am a good, I've watched men work a shovel. I, I'm not kidding. They're almost like sculptors. They can dig a ditch so fast and so effortless. Most people dig without a sharp shovel. And most people dig because, and they're mad about digging. <laughs> they don't want, I don't feel like, but you understand, you're doing it for a purpose. And I, I tell people, God's my witness, if something would happen to me and Susan re remarries, and if this guy is a gardener, he's going to die because I got electric wire all over the place <laughs> underground. And if that dude likes to dig, he's going to hit a wire that he doesn't know that's down there. I'm talking about cable that's made to put in the ground. He's going to just <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have dug some holes in my life. Huh, sir? All the trees that planted on this property, I dug them. I put them in the ground. I mean, I have dug some holes in my life. But the Lord, you see, we dig in ourselves. We actually dig in ourselves out of the ways of the flesh. You understand? We're digging ourselves out of the ways of the flesh. We're practicing the word until we get it right. And, and listen, you've got to keep digging until you hit rock. You've got to keep digging until you get it right. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's handling finances, whether it's getting along with people in church, you, you just can't run. You know, when you run, you quit digging. When you run... You don't have a foundation. Because if you've got a foundation, it's like, I ain't leaving. I ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm talking about? Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a church, whether it's on a job, you are like stable. I ain't moving. I'm going to keep digging. You ever watch people that are real Christians and nothing, <laughs> and, and nothing, nothing moves them? Nothing moves them? You know why? They used to digging. They not. They just. Well, we move that out the way. That's okay. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. Just, just you know, and getting ministry. Oh my God! If you think people are just gonna bow down before you because you got a talent or a call on your life, you, you, you are, you are being fooled or deceived to yourself. You know, people think when they get a little word in them, they just throw it out there and everybody just does it. Not how it works. People are digging. <laughs> Y'all ever he heard the word in the Bible in Ephesians? Stand! When you don't all stand. Well, when you hit rock and you've dug long enough and you hit rock and you're standing on rock, then stand. If you ain't hit rock yet, you just better keep digging. So you can get to something solid that you can stand no matter who says what or what wind comes along or who pulls out on you or who talks down on you until you get to that rock. You ain't, you're not going to make it. 
And listen, if somebody offends you and you, you know, you do the wrong thing, just keep digging. <laughs> just go back to digging. <laughs> Repent. Say, I'm sorry. Get over it. Keep digging. Keep digging. And you'll get to a place in that area of your life that, man, you know what? I got this thing. <laughs> and once you say you got it, then God will move you to a realm that you got to find another rock. Because, <laughs> I mean, you had another dimension in life now that what you were standing on then, that was firm. But for now, where God has you, you need something else. So you go digging again. I'm telling you, the digging never stops. Work goes down before the building goes up. This is something we need to teach our children. And I'm telling you, the church has messed this thing up. I probably have too. Just looking, and I was going to say this earlier. You know, when I, when I start thinking about training people up to start a church, I, I start weeping, and I'm, I'm like, I don't want anybody to have to start a church like I started a church. It was so difficult, but I learned so much. <laughs> I, learned, I learned it in the process of needing God. And so I would. All, I always said this. You've probably heard me say it. I'm not going to allow anybody to start a church like I started a church because it's too hard. You know what I decided? They're going to start like I started. <laughs> you understand? Everybody got to dig their own thing. You can't bypass it. There's no shortcut. Everybody has got to figure it out for themselves Where's the rock they need to stand on? They got to figure out with the Holy Spirit what needs to be moved out of their life. Now, I'm here helping you dig, like move that, throw, throw that out. And if you don't, you know, if you don't listen, you know, you're going to stand on dirt. It's going to be sand. What you build is not going to work. Y'all here. But the thing is, they both dug in sand. They both were fooling with sand. But one realized sand ain't going to work. And this same guy realized, he said, you know, he counted the cost. You know, this is not going to be easy. Whether it's a marriage, a business, a ministry, or raising children, you know, it's not going to be easy. But I'm going to spend the time and the effort to do it right. Well, the Bible says don't spoil your kids. It takes a lot of time to raise up good kids. And the easy thing to do is just let them do what they want. If I got to tell you again, I'm going to tell you three times. Now it's four. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna, don't make me, no, you tell them one time. See, that takes a lot of energy and effort to get to that place where you just tell your children one time. And you dig and you're not mad, you're, you're patient, but, but you're very gentle, but you put the time in them that when you say something, they know you meant it, and they do it. That's hard to train up a child like that, but it's worth it. That's the foundation. Keep digging. Keep it up. Keep telling them. Don't stop until you get them on that foundation. Hey, I'm Mama. I'm bigger than you. I own the house. You don't. 
You don't pay the mortgage. You're not as smart as me. You didn't go to school as long as me. And two years old, you're not going to run this household. <laughs> and you can say it, but now you got to practice it with them. That's the digging. Here we go again. He did it again, little old junior. And so you got to lay it all out again in patience. Take your time. You know, you know what teachers do today? What they used to do with us? They'd sit us down every time we messed up, and they'd go through it all again. You know what teachers do today? They just sedate the children. Just sedate them. They don't learn nothing. They just sedate them just so they'll be like, And a lot of us were sedated because we didn't want to dig. We, we didn't want to go through the process. It's too hard. <laughs> I'm telling you, life is a process. And I'm telling you, you can learn in this process. And it's somewhat of a suffering. It kills your flesh. Your flesh is just screaming. But it kills the flesh. It starves the flesh. The flesh is weak. But the spirit, your spirit, you know I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. Just take the time, whether it, whatever. I mean, Rachel, even practicing with people, can't get it right. <laughs> you can't be on time. I mean, you understand, this is all working in us. It's all working for us. I preached a message not long ago. Death is our servant. This fallen world is our servant. We're not serving it. It serves us. It just drives us straight to Jesus. We're better off being dependent on God than not dependent on God. God's up to something. Prep for the promise. You got to be prepared to hold the promise, to stand. You know, even, you know, to have a good marriage, you build a good marriage that when the winds come and the hard things happen, that through a part it says that if you build in this marriage and you got a good foundation, Christ is the center and, you know, uh, selfishness is gone, then you can't, nothing can, divorce is not even in the vocabulary. This is good, huh? Learn in the struggle. God is working in the river God is working a foundation here that nobody can see and nobody can realize it's deep it looks like nothing's going to happen it don't look good <laughs> when you're digging a foundation it just don't look good You know, and when you're in that marriage, you're in the ministry starting, you know, it, it just doesn't always look good. It doesn't always feel good. But if you stay in the process, it's good. Nobody sees you. That's okay. Listen, the foundation is not noticed. So you have to learn how to work in places you're not noticed. That was good. Before God's going to expose you, 
Because if you want to be noticed, you understand that's a me, 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 me thing. You're not on the rock. Because when you're on the rock, you don't want to be noticed. You want him to be noticed. And so really to get it in some areas, you just have to be willing to work in that area unnoticed. Sometimes that woman's believing for that man. And she just got to dig. She's got to do some things, and it's not even noticed. My wife did it to me, and she won me. And there's areas in our life where we just have, we're in the backdrop, and we just, it's dirty. Nobody notices it. But there's a payoff. The building will come, and over time, it will stand. Either you're going to build something that will last for a moment, a flash, or you're going to build your life to last a lifetime and affect a lot of people. And so wherever we're stumbling, don't get discouraged. Wherever it's not working, don't be discouraged. The Lord is showing you that's where you need to dig. Whatever your shortcoming is, whatever your weakness is, that's where the Lord is showing us that's where we need to dig. And it doesn't have to be a negative in the area you're digging. The greater your call, the digger you dig deeper. You dig deeper. The greater the call, the, the greater the monument of building, the more foundation you need. And so, man, if you have to spend a, a long time in an area building that foundation, just enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Isn't this good? You learn wisdom, strength, patience. You learn how to handle hard people. You learn how to love your enemies. You learn how to smile when people are hating you. you. You get resilience. You find out who you are, and you find out who you're trusting, who you're leaning on. You know the Lord's propping you up because in yourself you could never do this. You could never do this. This is so good. This is where I think we, we missed it in our country, probably in the church too. You know, my parents worked hard. And for some reason, my parents, they had pride in making me suffer. <laughs> and making it hard. You, you know what I mean? It's almost like they delighted in it. But they really didn't. They knew the value of what they were giving me. They didn't give it to me. They made me work for it. I didn't see the foundation they were building. My kids didn't see what we were trying to build in them. They wanted it instantly. They wanted it when they wanted it. But we said, no, that's not how we're going to do it. You're going to work at McDonald's. You're going to buy your own cars. You're going to pay your way through school. No, Jolie and Laney, you're going to live in the same bedroom. We didn't give them everything they wanted. They are so happy we didn't now. You give somebody everything they want, they have no value on anything.
That's the whole problem with this world today. Everybody's entitled. Everybody, somebody owes them something. You understand? They don't know who they are. They don't have a work ethic. Uh, it's never enough. There's no gratitude. There's no thing. That's how our world and this crazy lady, AOC, y'all know who I'm talking about? The green lady? She is nuts. She's nuts. Everybody gets free college, free food. You're going to be taken care of by the government, whether you work or don't work. All your Medicare, everything, everything in life is paid for. That's what she wants to do. It's going to ruin everybody. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. What's that? Yeah, yeah. But listen, listen to this. This is where we failed. I, I think, Susan, by the grace of God, we pulled it off because we knew, we understood this concept. But a lot of people in church today, they came out of things. They came out of hard lives. They came out of hard circumstances, and their parents were hard. And so... Once they kind of got ahead in life, they decided to do this. I'm not going to let my children go through any of that. I'm going to pay their way for everything. I'm going to give them everything they want. And it turned. It, it created monsters. I've been telling all of my leaders. I'm telling you. It might be a few, but I've been telling all of my leaders. Don't you give your kids everything. Joseph came to me the other day. He saw I had something for sale on Facebook. He said, Daddy, you selling that? I said, yeah. He said, you won't buy it? Y'all think I'm hard. He said, yeah. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Joe, you're going to fix this for me, and you're going to fix this for me, and I'm going to give you the furniture. But you're going to do something for it. Everything, I, we, everything our children get, they know you have to earn it. It's built in. And they're teaching their kids the same thing. You don't get nothing free in life. Grace of God. And people, well, you get blessed when you go through the process. And, you, and then when you get blessed, you know what happens at Christmas? All the children are getting all the toys. And the parents are sitting there as the child opens it, throws it on the floor, grabs another present. And this is what the mama said. Tell them thank you. I said, tell them thank you. Tell them thank you or you're not getting no more gifts. They don't even say thank you for the first gift. Throw it on the floor and want something else. I'm talking about some of y'all children. It, it's, it's not right. And so everything we do with our children, it's no handouts. It's none. And if we give them something, they are like hilariously joyful and appreciative. And we do give. And I'm not hard. But I've taught my children the value of a gift. You're thankful for anything that anybody gives you anytime, whatever it is. Isn't this good? Don't take discipline out of the process of growing up. I'm not doing it at this church. You have to be disciplined in areas. Your kids have to be disciplined in areas or they won't mature. 
They won't make it in this world. Wasn't that a good message? So think about where, where you've fallen short. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep digging. Keep digging. How about that, sir? I think that's it. And listen, this is the problem that came in church. And I mean, I'm a faith person. I'm going to tell you. But you understand, we just threw it in the face of everybody in the church. Just name it and claim it. And I mean, I will name it and claim it. But some things you have to work for. Some things you have to go through the process. You know, anybody can sow a seed and want to reap it. I mean, who loves that? But to build a building. Ask some of our contractors what you have to go through to build a building. Not everybody wants to build. That's why we fall short in our growing up in the Lord because we don't want to build. We want it to just happen. You know, Susan was telling me a story about Ethan. He came to church last Wednesday. It took him three hours to cross the bridge and then another hour to go to Clinton. So it took him four hours to get home and Susan was waiting for me to feel sorry for him. Weren't you? I never felt sorry for you because you're going to pay the price. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody else knows what, I, what we're talking about, but you got to pay the price. You have to pay the price. You have to pay the price. And people don't want to pay the price. Gimme, gimme, my name's Jimmy. <laughs> I, I'm a faith guy. I trust God. God does things. But everything today is instant. I mean, everything. I heard Thomas talking about he was cooking some beans. And he had to cook these beans. He had to cook these beans for hours and hours and hours. This generation ain't cooking no beans. They go down to Taco Bell and they get them some beans. Listen, this generation, they don't even know where food comes from. They think food comes from a grocery store. They actually think food is made somewhere behind the grocery store. They don't have a clue. They have no clue about our history. They have no clue about the blood that was shed and the efforts that people in this country and the things they went through to get us where we are today. It is, it is terrible. I'm not discouraged. I'm, I'm digging. I'm doing my part. Don't feel sorry for everybody. And let me hit this one too. Because often that our parents were hard or we didn't have everything we needed, we just dished it out to our children, thinking we're doing something good. But it's very harmful. And you know why we do it? Y'all ready for this? It's guilt. And you never, listen to me, look at me. Don't you ever give out a guilt. Never give out a guilt. 
Never give out of guilt. Never give out of necessity. You give out of your spirit and what the Spirit of God is telling you. I know people that give out of guilt and they gave their, they should have paid their rent, but they gave out of guilt. You don't give out of necessity. You don't give just because somebody has a need. You don't give your time, your talent, or your money because somebody has a need. I watch people do this. Somebody had a great idea. And so, you know, they're a good person. They started doing it, and now they don't have the money. And then you feel like you got to bail them out, and they never passed it by the Lord, and you're going to throw your money away on something they did that wasn't even God? There's no way I'm going to do it. Now, if God says, have mercy, I'll have mercy. If grace, I'll do it. But you understand, we keep throwing stuff, our time, our talents, and our money, because we'll do it with our children, because we feel guilty. God forbid your child said, well, you don't love me. <laughs> oh, God forbid you get any rejection for your from your children, because if you do, you're on a guilt trip. Now, you're going to give them whatever they want. Well, I... I want to smoke. You can't. Well, you don't love me. You don't, you don't like nothing I do. And so you let them smoke. I mean, this is what happens. Because people, they're, they're, they're full of guilt and they're full of, I did it so wrong. And man, get over that. Put that thing under the blood. You may have done it all wrong all the time. Just repent, put it under the blood, and just start over. Don't live out of your past. You got to dig yourself out of your past. You got to dig yourself out of guilt, the blood of Jesus. Repent. You just got to get, get past all that stuff. I hate to see Christians hurting. I hate to see Christians not getting it right in an area. They keep fumbling, and then they give up, and then you feel sorry for them. I'm telling you, when, when Susan told me he waited four hours, I'm saying, that's my man right there. And then he came back tonight. And I'm telling you, anybody else in that room would have said, oh, you, you may, you may be, maybe you ought to not come back. I mean, it's kind of far. I mean, Clinton is a long ways. Poor thing. That's what we do, people. We don't want nobody to hurt. We don't want nobody to, you know, God forbid, they just, you know, sweat a little bit. Is this good? Man, we need to test our heart. Get in the process. There's power. The power of Christ is in the process. Did Jesus go through it? Why? To expose the power. To expose the promise. He just he did what he had to do. And I'm telling you, he was the rock. And his trust was in the Father. And he never moved from it. You know, he grew in wisdom and stature just as we grow. He had to grow up. He, 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 you understand, he, he had to live this life. He had to figure out things, but he was trusting in the Father the whole time. So in the process, he was digging too. He dug his own grave. Never thought I'd go there. He dug his own grave because there wasn't a, a rock laid yet. 
and because he did it right and it hurt he spent himself for you and I that we could stand on his life and we could stand on his accomplishments and we could stand on his performance that we could be whole that's a good message right there and you know our parents you know God forbid you tell people man suck it up get over it we can't say that to people in church they get mad <laughs> you, you can't say that oh I'm so sorry there's nothing Jesus can't take care of I mean seriously put it before him I'm finished Love you guys. I'm telling you, God is digging deep here in the river. We will be exposed pretty soon. The building is going to show what God is doing.